but, but it's fun and I still have the passion to do it and I still love getting the scores out and I love seeing the kids reactions. Um, so it's, it's definitely a worthwhile venture. Hello all and welcome to another episode of Inside the Box. I'm your host, Pete Paguaga. And you heard him at the top of the show. This episode, we are going to be joined by CTHS Hockey's founder, uh, Luke DeVoe. Uh, you know, a little bit before I throw it over to the interview, we spoke about how CTHS Hockey got started, how it grew, um, you know, on social media, the staff that, uh, you know, he works alongside with. And uh, it was a really good conversation. We also did some mid-year review. Uh, we're in the mid we're in the middle of the season now, um, though some teams still have a lot of games left to play. Uh, the season ends at the end of this month with conference championships, so we're getting there. So it was fun. We we went through each conference uh, championship tournament that's going to be had. We gave predictions of who we think is going to win. We talked about some surprise teams. It was a really fun conversation. It's a little longer than our normal conversations. Uh, or normal interviews with coaches, but it was really fun to get that, uh, get to be able to talk to Luke uh, and have a lot of fun. Uh, Luke and I go way back from when I started covering hockey back in 2013. So it was a lot of fun to just kind of talk and, and have a good time. Uh, also, you know, a couple of things this week, we saw uh, a petition was started by Greenwich captain Ben Bates uh, about trying to get a state tournament going. And uh, even Fairfield Prep Jr. Axel Sather wrote a letter that was circulated around on social media. Um, you know, if you read my story, that's not going to happen. The CIAC stands firm on their decision to not have any state tournaments this year. But the season stated to end on March 27th, which is also the same day that spring sports will begin. So no go on the state tournament. Um, you know, it it sucks. You know, we say that every episode. It sucks, but... That's the way that it is. Quickly, we will run through the poll. Fairfield Prep remains at number one. Notre Dame West Haven remains at number two, getting one first place vote. Fairfield Prep has 11. Uh, new at number three is the Fairfield Co-op, who passed their biggest test of the season, beating New Canaan in a wild 7-5 game. They were trailing by three, came all the way back to win. Finn Hoey had a hat trick in the win. Darian stays at four. Watch out, FCAC. Jameson Moore is back. And, you know, a lot of credit goes to Sam Erickson for keeping them afloat. Uh, now you add Jamison Moore back into the mix. Watch out. Uh, Greenwich moves up to number five. New Canaan drops down from three to number six with losses to Greenwich and Fairfield Co-op. Sheehan bumps down to seven. They lost this week to Lyman Hall, but then beat Lyman Hall um, in the Neal's Donuts Cup. That's what I'm going to call it. I think we need to make it a thing. Uh, I'm just going to keep speaking about it to hopefully speak it into existence. Ridgefield bumps down to seven. A hand remains at number nine. And Xavier is back at number 10 after a week away. Now for what I imagine everyone is here to listen to, uh, the interview with CTHS Hockey's Luke DeVoe. I hope you enjoy it. We had a lot of fun. I'll see you guys out at the rink. Later. Now joining me on the show, we have CTHS hockey man, Luke DeVoe. Luke, we've been wanting to do this for a couple of years now, and uh, we finally got you because, you know, you're such a busy man. So busy, Pete. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> well, I mean, you are busy. I mean, I, 
you you got you get updates on scores a lot faster than the CIAC does. Let me tell you that. Well, it, has, it hasn't happened overnight. You know, we talked about the first, the early years and lately, you know, every team has a Twitter account and uh, with the emergence of live barn this year, I don't know how I'd be surviving without live barn. So uh, but getting the scores out as quickly as we can has always been something that we pride ourselves in. Yeah, I know. And you guys do an excellent job at that. And, you know, you talked about the early years, um, you know, I just wanted to maybe for some listeners who, who don't know, cause a lot of the kids who are playing now, like, we're in elementary school when you guys started uh, doing this back in, I believe, 2011, 2012 was your first season. And um, you and I met, I th- want to say, winner of 13 um, up at Hotchkiss. Somewhere, somewhere around, somewhere yeah, around yeah. there. We met at a Housatonic game. I think it was Housatonic Chapag. It's the only like two hockey teams at my area when I was at the Register Citizen. But, you know, just, you know, for, for maybe some of the, the younger listeners, you know, the high school players now, they might not really know the backstory of how this got started. So, you know, in short form, though, you know, you know just tell us kind of how this idea started, because it's really successful. And if you're a hockey player in the state of Connecticut, you guys, they know who you guys are. Yeah, I'll try to I'll try to keep it as short as I can. I started. Um, I covered uh, Quinnipiac. I had QU hockey blog when I was at Quinnipiac, and then um, that ended. And when I when I left there, and um, I wanted to still cover hockey, uh, but I didn't really have the Division One abilities to do that anymore. So I started only covering um, something that we're kind of against now, just Division One hockey in Connecticut, because you know Hamden's rinks right near me, um, and that quickly turned into covering everyone. Uh, we we found early on that most of the love we were getting was coming from kind of the D2, D3 ranks, guys who were starving for that attention. And at the beginning, it was just me. You know, I still, I say we now because I'm so trained in saying we because I have so many guys that work, I don't want to say work for me because I'm not paying anybody, but um, it started <laughs> the with same just passion, me. And then, you know, uh, the, the guys, you guys, you, they, they have the same passion that you do. And that's why they're on, but it started. And uh, Dave Blanchard was actually one of the first guys. He had CT hockey talk at the time, which was sort of a rival Twitter account. And I want to say, I sort of bought him out by bringing him in. Um, and then we had Chris, we had uh, Chrissy and DeVito, our photographer. And that was it for a long time. It was just the, the three of us. And then I said, you know what, if, if I really want this thing to grow, I need to get more people to cover games. Um, I need to be able to see more games. I have a variety. One of the prerogatives I had early on was bringing coaches on, uh, bringing guys like Kevin Cunningham and Jesse Peters, um, Jay Creel, now Tim Nash, and then Ben. And Ben's been my my the Scotty Pippen to my Michael Jordan, if if, if we could say that. <laughs> I, last, I think last couple of years you could argue Ben's been the Michael Jordan. I mean that kid's seen so many games, and it's grown to something I never thought it would grow to. Um, you know, having almost 10,000 followers on Twitter and people coming to us and the, the donations and the sponsorships and um, it's humbling, uh, but it all goes back to the, the roots and what it was is that I wanted to provide something for these kids that you couldn't find anywhere else. Um, something so focused on such a niche market, you know, people say, well, where could this go? And I kind of think we're at the ceiling. I don't. I know that sounds kind of Debbie Downer to say, but you know, Division One CIAC, Division Two CIAC, Division Three CIAC hockey. You know, this isn't. So, I'm not out there to make money doing this. Yeah. Um, but, but it's fun, and I still have the passion to do it, and I still love getting the scores out, and I love seeing the kids' reactions. Um, so it's it's definitely a worthwhile venture. Yeah, I mean. Hockey is such a niche sport. Uh, I mean, I played growing up. Uh, you know, I'm a huge hockey fan. I, it's just one of the sports that I gravitated towards when I started, you know, working in this field. I, you know, I'd tell everybody my first job was Sparky the Dragon for the New York Islanders. Like, I then I interned with the Sound Tigers in college. Is how I met Mike Fornabio. 
uh, before I was even working. And, you know, the hockey community is really tight niche. There's what, 52 teams in the state this year, uh, 54 in a normal year. And, you know, you mentioned like the coverage and stuff. And like, if you're not a D one program and winning or winning state titles, like, it's kind of hard to get that coverage. And, you know, as someone who's worked at a lot of different newspapers in a lot of different areas of the state, you know, I could kind of attest to that where like when I was at the registered citizen, like we had Housatonic and Chapak. That's what we yep. had for hockey. So like if they weren't playing each other at that point, it was, didn't make sense to cover a game because it wasn't in our market. Now game time CT kind of changed that. We're like, okay, everything's kind of in our market now because we cover the whole state. So that definitely helped it. But even when I was at the Record Journal and like we had Sheehan and Lyman Hall uh, and Hall Southington um, and Lyman Hall was a co-op at the time. And like, you know, you have those, but if they're not playing well, you don't have the resources to cover them, you know, because basketball is such a driver. It's such a, a driver online. So now to be at game time where we, we have focused beat riders on each sport makes it a lot of fun in that sense where you can have someone who's just focused on one sport and you could give them that coverage and try to give them that coverage. It's still hard to do the whole state. And I think, you know, what you guys have done is really, you know, just focused on hockey because you're allowed to just focus on hockey. But I think it's it is filled a void. And I think that there are a lot of sports out there who wish they had a CTHS hockey for their sport. Um, yeah, we had a, we had a couple joking about baseball the other day. I think the hard part is, and the thing that we're blessed with is the number of teams. I yeah. mean, sports that have over hundred hundreds of teams, and the times of day that they play. You know, baseball playing at what four o'clock, three thirty in yeah. the afternoon. I don't know how many people could get there. Um, we mentioned on when you came on ours that I thought we I entered at the right time. You know, back when I entered in 2011-12, I think there was a bit of a lull. No offense to anybody who was covering back then. I'm not trying to, to, to throw shade here. Yeah. But I think if you guys were doing then what you're doing now, I don't know that I would have been as successful from the beginning. Um, and, and to be honest and transparent with you, there were a few years that there was almost a little bad blood where I felt like we were competing more than we are now, where I think, you know, I, I like to think we complement each other very well yeah. now. And um, so I think that's, that's, come, that's come a long way. And I'm really, really happy about that now. Yeah, I, there's I mean, there's always conversations about new media versus old media and, and all that stuff. But I will tell you, the one thing that I learned working in this state, because the state is so small and, you know, every reporter knows each other. You know, we go to Mohegan Sun for the basketball ch championships and like everyone's there. Every paper's there. You go to the hockey finals. Maybe not every paper's there, but a lot of papers are there. And then it's fun when you get like Eastern is in the championship. Oh, the new London day, you know, the day of new London's there. And that's cool. And you get to like cross over with all these people. And it's really fun in the, in the respect that I've seen from all the different media outlets. And we have, we have a lot in the state. We have a lot of other non-traditional media outlets, you know, outside of newspapers. And I think that's really fun. I think it's really cool. You look at the poll and the people who vote in the poll, like we got you and Ben from CTHS hockey, Dobrats, you know, a TV station uh, is voting. Like, I think that's really fun and really cool that everybody's kind of in it together. And I think it, it's been a lot of fun. And I remember the first time I met you, like I said, up at Hotchkiss, like I didn't think, you know, eight years later, I, you and I would live in the same town. <laughs> That's one. Um, but also like cross. I didn't, I didn't think eight years later, I'd still be doing this. Yeah. That know, is I, true. I, 
I never, I, like I said, I'd say it jokingly and it, and it kind of becomes old hat after a little while, but I, I never thought it would turn into what it did. You know, when I was sitting in the record journal, um, that room that we did that original podcast with Joe. Oh my Blair, God. Yeah. I mean, that was some of the most fun I had doing this, you know, meeting you and Joe and, um, it, it was still, so, I know it was, it was kind of in the midway from when I started till now, but it still was kind of in its infancy and I didn't know what it could become of uh, those are always like kind of fond memories that I look back on. Yeah, it's fun. I mean, we even saw it on Twitter the other day. We were uh, when we were talking on on your podcast. So this is a little crossover episode. Um, but we were talking about you know kids, you know, cherishing those moments when they're in a tweet or a video or something. And the former BBD goalie was like, "Yeah, I cut out all the tweets and they were on my table for my graduation." Like that is really cool, man. Like I, you know, there was one time we did a football podcast years ago, uh, Sean and I. And one of the kids, I think he was a Newtown or a Brookfield player. It was an SWC school. And he put in his yearbook, the, his, his favorite moment of high school was getting interviewed by Sean Patrick Bowley. That's awesome. And like, that's cool. That's, re- you know, and like to have that effect, because, you know, it's like we've said before, like, this is it for a lot of these kids, right? You know, maybe club hockey, the really good ones might go play a PG or or a lot of them will become like me and play tier four B men's ice hockey for the rest of their lives. No shame in that. Yeah, no, absolutely. No shame that every time I go to Northford and I look at the rank, I'm like, I want a championship here, (laughs) (laughs) but like, it's fun in that sense to have those memories and, and to, you know, to, to be a part of that. It's just something I love about high school sports. And because of the limited number of teams in hockey, you really get to know, every player and every team and the best players on every team. And I'll say football is really hard because there are a lot of teams and like, you feel like you miss, you can miss someone and baseball is the same way. There's more baseball teams and you feel like you can miss unless someone tells you about them or a coach reaches out or you stumble upon something, you might not see them. Two years ago in baseball, I remember looking at the standings. And all, all of a sudden I look and like Wilbur Cross is over 500. Yeah. And I remember like saying something to Joe Morelli, like Wilbur Cross is over 500 in baseball. And he's like, really? I'm like, yeah. I was like, is that uncommon? Cause like, I don't remember. And he's like, I don't know. Like take a look. And I started looking back and all of a sudden it was like 15 years since they had a winning season. Could have been a, a young man named uh, Andrew Morero who is yeah. pitching UConn right now. That yes. might have a little something to do he with He had that. a big thing to do with it. So I reached out, I reached out to a couple of SEC coaches and I was like, what's going on in New Haven? What's what's the deal with Wilbur Cross? And they all said, Andrew Morero, you have to go see this kid. But if I didn't stumble across looking at the standings, which I mean I normally look at the standings, but I might not have ever made that phone call, you know, and like in hockey, it's a little different because there are such a limited amount of teams. So you always got to, you know, keep an eye on, on everything that's going on. Yeah. So now you've been doing this 10 years, right? Yeah. Well, next year will be the 10th year. This next is, this year. Is are, you guys gonna, are you guys going to have a cool logo that says like 10 years? I'm thinking that I think that's a must. I think we have to get some graphic design to get a, a nice 10 year logo. We'll do probably something special for 10 years. You know, I've kept our awards from every year that we've given them out. So I'm wondering if we do some kind of 10 year team or something like that. Oh, 10 year um, team would be cool. I think that'd be really cool. But to your point, you know, we keep a Google doc over the last few years um, where we keep track of every game that one of our guys covers. And obviously this year has been different. Um, and leading up to this year, I believe the last three years we've seen every team. 
which yeah. was something which was and it's always scrambling in the last week like can we get Cunningham out to Danbury to see JBWA or like like always trying to find like some and when the Red Hawks used to play in the Rose Garden that was always tough when <laughs> Woodstock would come to Milford we'd or to like Northford we'd make sure somebody goes and gets that game um but it's fun too trying to make sure that we see everybody yeah it's it's really cool and I I think you guys do a great job you know that you and I are friends we talk a lot um I think I talk to you more than a lot of people right now um, just about hockey and just, you know, comparing notes and stuff and just seeing what's going on because it's a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, the, it, the hockey community is awesome. And it, it just really – it makes it that much more enjoyable. And you guys, your additional co- – you know, what you guys do is awesome. So – and you know that I, I, I feel that way. So I wanted to have you on to also talk about the mid – I mean, I guess we're at the mid-year calendar-wise – um, yeah, it's funny. Pete, I was writing, uh, um, I was writing rundown prep this morning, uh, like every day I'm doing my rundown yeah. prep and I'm writing things like, Oh, they're starting the year four and two. Well, well, no, four, four and two is the midpoint of the year. They're not really starting the year four and two. So it's a very bizarre feel this year. Only six games in. Yeah. And for some teams like Guilford, they're not going to play till Saturday now. And they, so, I don't know. I think you saw it. Um, they're going to play nine games in 12 days or whatever it is. Yeah, it's going to be a marathon. Yeah, for them, that's going to be wild. But, you know, we're at the midway point. Um, I think, you know, at the beginning of the year, you know, Prep, Notre Dame, Darien, New Canaan were kind of the four teams uh, to jump, you know, to jump out for everyone. They had a lot of returning players. Who, I guess, would be, let's, you know, go by division by division, but who's who's your biggest surprise in Division One this year? I mean, the, the obvious, the, the elephant in the room is Fairfield Co-op. Yeah. We knew they were going to be good. I mean, they returned a bunch of players, a ton of names, but they've had good teams in the past. You know, teams with Kyle Mazza of, of recent years, uh, the Von Brauschwitz brothers, uh, Von Braustich, I think I'm saying it wrong, but <laughs> they've had good teams. They yeah. just never had teams like this. And um, I think their coming out party was the other night, you know, 7-5 over New Canaan. So they're the real deal now. We were waiting for that game. Uh, so I definitely think Fairfield at that level – um, I don't know that there's really that many other surprises at the D1 level. I think there's a couple other teams that are spinning their tires right now, beating each other up. You know, yeah. you look at NDF and West Haven split into lopsided scores. Um, so I think aside from those top ones that you mentioned, I think you got to throw Greenwich in the mix uh, just because they beat New Canaan. And I think, you know, anytime you got Charlie Zolan in net, they're going to be a team that's going to be competitive. Uh, but Fairfield, you know, that's the team right there. That's your surprise. And I'm so excited to see what they do with uh, Derry and Wednesday night. Yeah, I was thinking about going Wednesday, but or the- Wednesday afternoon. Is it? Oh, they they moved it up. Is it an earlier game? I, I, thought, I thought it was, it was an a, earlier one. I thought it was at eight o'clock. This oh year. no, it is the later one. You're right. Yeah, it's four o'clock on Saturday. That's why I'm going Saturday. Because I was like, do I really want to go at eight and then push deadline, or do I? Can I go Saturday and enjoy myself? Um, so I'm going to go Saturday. But yeah, I mean, I I would agree that Fairfield Co-op is, I guess, the surprise. Um, also, you know, maybe Northwest Catholic. I know they had a lot of guys back, but I feel like sometimes the North kind of gets lost with all the power teams in the SCC and the FCAC that maybe some of the teams in the CCC, you're kind of just like, huh? Yeah, I think the hard part with the North this year is not playing necessarily your your interconference games with the regularity that they would in the past. So comparing a Northwest Catholic or a Simsbury to, you know, predominantly D2 division or conference this year is tough. I still think Northwest Catholic's a very good team. I think yeah. not losing Griffin McCary makes them better. Um, but yeah, they're definitely a team to watch, not a team I'd want to run into any on any given night. 
Yeah, and that's a good point with the interconference games. We, we didn't get to see, you know, I got to see Simsbury beat Xavier last year, and I know that was a big one for them. Um, all right, so we're going to jump over to, to Division Two. Um, technically, Sheen is in Division Two. Don't listen to what the CIAC says uh, on their website because it's not updated. But I guess who are, who are some of the teams or, or one team in Division Two that really jumps out at you and, like, I did not see this coming? Yeah, D- D2 is an interesting one. Um, well, I think Lyman Hall. I think Lyman Hall being able to go to my answers, that, man. Uh, sorry, bud. We, we, we could have prepped this. I would have given you something different if we totally wanted this to be. Uh, um, no, but I, I think, you know, you look at what the, the roster composition that Sheehan has and what Lyman Hall has. And I don't know that on paper you look at them as as comparable foes. But, you know, Lyman Hall's going toe to toe with them twice now. And I think they're a team that is, is as well coached as you're going to find with Sagnella. And I think they're a team that um, can shock some teams moving forward. Um, I don't know how to read a team like Weathersfield right now. Yeah. Technically, like you said, a Division II team, but they're playing predominantly a Division three schedule. Um, and and I, it's a hard one because they've been shut down for so long in North Haven. You know, Andrew Sacco and Nett, um, some that senior uh, threesome that they have with uh, Brubaker, Racino, and Sullivan, and then some of their younger bodies. I think North Haven's really good. Um, so those are kind of surprise teams but then hand in hand still at the top of that division two to, as a yeah. team to watch and she and obviously too. Yeah. I, I would throw an East Catholic there uh, just cause this is a group that didn't win a game like two years ago or two yeah. or three years ago. And, uh, and they lost their best player. He transferred out or one of their best players. And here they are sitting at five and two. And that's, that's always a good sign, you know, and you can see a team like that kind of come back from you never not want to you never want to you know lose a game uh, not win a game in the entire season um yeah, you're spot on with east catholic um i mentioned them with with ben the other day when we were talking and rowan massey accounted for like i want to say at least 50 percent of their points last year yeah. I mean, he was a stud um but the udamark kid in net is just i mean he's been great his whole career uh, another oh. another shutout the other day Right. I mean, he's, I think he's had two shutouts in his last three games. He's only allowed a goal over that span. Um, East Catholic's in my my rankings right now that we do. Um, and yeah, I, I missed that one. You nailed that one. You you get that. I had one. to get. I had to get one. I had to get yeah. one because you you literally. I'm like looking at my list, and you're just like, oh, Lyman Hall. I'm like, oh, that was mine. <laughs> and you know, like Lyman Hall. You know, this is uh, you know those so- the seniors on the team were sophomores on the championship team, and the ones that played you know, like Jack Roberts have been there before, but it is really fun when you look and you see like they have another weir. Uh, they have another, um, you know, you see all these last names and you're like, oh, I remember their brother. Two more Pettits and one of them wore one off the back of the head to save a goal the other night. Um, and what was a very good game. And then we'll, we'll head down to, to division three. I think we all know who I think we're both going to say. You could go first. I'll get, I think it's BBD. Uh, oh, I'll be honest with you. Um, there's, when this comes out, there will be a story on BBD. And this is a team that won three games last year. Like they got, a, you know, the sophomore group, uh, Dimitri, Kanan, and uh, one other kid. They like have really, you know, st- you know, come in and kind of hit the ground running for them to give them that second scoring punch. But it's really like night and day down there. And uh, <laughs> Coach Rusty, and I found this out yesterday, has been there for 29 years overall with that program. I think that's wild. So it's nice to see them 8-0 for the you know, first time in 11 years, 10 years. I think they're kind of maybe the surprise there in Division Three. Yeah, I think it's a surprise. Um, I think they remind me a lot of JBWA when JBWA got Daniel McKiernan in that group that first year, and then they started, you know, competing a lot more after 
being kind of at the bottom for a while. Um, you know, if you're looking at BBD though, I think they're here to stay for a bit. I know they got Bowler and Britain who are going to graduate, but you know, Junior and Net, the guys you mentioned, Yates, Sturdivant, um, and Kenny, BBD's and, definitely, uh, yeah, right. They're they're the and Graniker, yeah, they're the surprise. Um, I, and I think they are among a group right now. I, at D three, I have a group of three that I really are, and I add Newington Co-op and Hall Southington to them because, and I think they often, like you said, get forgotten up north. Um, and I think they're teams that are proven now, you know, Hall Southington had their best year in program history last year and Newington co-op is always among the, the heap, uh, at the top there. And I think it's just, it's such a shame this year that we won't get to see BBD play against one of those teams. Yeah. Or even I, I you know, I'm looking at, you know, they're at like Norwalk McMahon or McMahon, Nor, Nor, they went by Norwalk McMahon when I was down there in Norwalk. They're Norwalk. Yeah. yeah and now they're McMahon Norwalk. I don't know if that was an alphabet thing. But they're Norwalk McMahon to me. Um, so they play BBD this week. Yeah, uh, Friday, I think, right? And I posted a poll of BBD, Weathersfield, Newington, and um, Fairfield of who would be – because they're the only unbeaten teams in the state except for Guilford because they haven't played. Um, and I said, who, who uh, would be the last one to be dethroned? And BBD was winning the voting, and Norwalk McMahon was not happy about that. And um, they, they posted – on Twitter, um, kind of like no respect, you know, no respect, Roddy Dangerfield. And um, I think that game's going to be great. And I, no. I don't know that BB should sleep on Norwalk McMahon. No, uh, absolutely. Finn, Finn, Finn Cullen has been on fire. Goals. He's got 10 goals, four games. He had four, he had four goals the other night. Yeah. And he had two, he had two, I think on Monday and he had four on yeah. Saturday. Yeah, he's, it's, uh, he's the it's real great. hero. And, you know, looking at these FCAC teams, these Division Three FCAC teams who aren't, playing the division one teams this year, I think we're going to see a lot, you know, there could have been better teams in, in recent years in division three, and they were winning three, four games a year because of the schedule. So it's really right. nice to see them staples Wilton have an opportunity to play teams in their area or teams at their skill level on a consistent basis to show what they really got. Cause you know, sometimes you look at the bracket and you're like Norwalk McMahon is a 14 seed and they got to travel all the way upstate to play a game because they have six losses against division one opponents. <laughs> like what are we and I wouldn't sleep on, uh, I wouldn't sleep on staples either. Huge no. win. Um, now it's Monday night against West, uh, West Hill Stanford. That's a great win going out of division and beating them on the road. So staples is another team I'd watch down there as well. Yeah. So it's going to be fun. I, it, there, there's a lot of great teams. Um, let's, let's do a little prediction. This I didn't even prepare for. So this is just going right off the cuff, right? So all we have let's is conference it. championships this year. Um, so right. we'll do, we'll do FC Act division one, um, yeah. their tournament. Cause I, th- we could do FC Act division two, division three. Uh, we'll do right. SEC D one, SEC D two, SEC D three. And then we'll do the two CCCs. I think that's the, North, the, seven, North, and South. the North and South. Yep. All right. So let's do that quick. We're, we'll go every other. Cause I don't want you to steal my answers yeah. this time around. All right. So All FC right. Act division one, you can go first. Who, who do you think is going to win? Are like who's going to win the tournament? Or... Yes, we're we're is definitely allowed to agree. Okay, no, so we're we yeah, agree. we're allowed okay. to agree. FCAC D one. Um, this is the I, this could be this is arguably the hardest one. Um, I'm going to stick with my preseason pick, and that's Darian. I think returning Jamison Moore, uh, adding him to that top line with Dyer and Erickson, who's played out of his mind. Um, with the defense they have, I think they're the deepest team, even though New Canaan I saw has 16 seniors, which is yeah. staggering. Um, I'm going to go Darian there with my preseason pick. Yeah, I'm going to go with Darian too. I think the addition of more 
uh, has been great for them. And I think if Darian finishes strong, I, Sam Erickson is in consideration for my All-State MVP. Um, he sure. kept them afloat. Uh, when when you lose a guy like Jamison Moore, who had 35, you know, 30, 35 points last year, that's a lot to replace. And he stepped and, up. And, and McDermott. Yeah, and McDermott graduated. You know, for him to step up the way that he did and basically carry the team through some games to keep them kind of afloat. Now, everyone makes a tournament, so they, they could have gotten in as the last seed and made a run. But to keep them kind of there around five 500, I think we're really going to see Darian take off and be the team that we thought they would be. And I think a lot of credit of that goes to Sam Erickson. All right. Uh, we'll do. So we both agree. Darianne um, FC act. Yeah, but, but I don't, I don't think either of us would be shocked if new Canaan or Greenwich or no, Fairfield I mean, new Canaan did it. New Canaan did it last year. They, they won Bo Bo Johnson's one of the best goalies in the state. Shane Mettler is one of the best defensemen in the state, both sophomores. Um, and obviously Bowden Gamble, they, you know, even a guy like Carter Ellis, who was just like yep. in the corner in front of the net plays a physical game, uh, Fairfield co-op, obviously. I think the new Canaan wins huge. I'm very interested to see how they do against Darian. If they could split against Darian, I will be very impressed. Yep. Definitely. Um, and if they sweep, obviously I would be why, you know, <laughs> I'd be probably might be voting them one if they sweep Darian. Yep. Uh, and Greenwich, and you mentioned Charlie Zolan before, like you have a really good goalie and a hot goalie. You can steal games. And even if you look at Ridgefield, their schedule, I wouldn't want their schedule. I think they've played the hardest yeah. schedule to start the season and by start the season, be at the midway point. And, you know, but you can only get better. I mean, they're young. They're, they're getting better. So who they could get into the tournament, make a run. Who the heck knows? Um, but let's move, we'll move down to the D2, D3. Uh, I'm going to go first this time. I'm going to go with Trumbull. Uh, you know, they're, I think the only Division II team um, is West Hill or is West? Well, I don't know West if West Stanford's D2 yet. Is D2, yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm going to go with Trumbull. I just think, you know, this. they're playing really well. Um, they're playing their schedule while also have played a couple of Division I teams. Um, I, yeah. I, think, I think it'll be them easy. E, uh, easily actually so you yeah, can write I don't, that down. I don't want to go chalk yeah I don't want to go chalk with you the entire way but I'm with you with Trumbull um I think there's a one team a one and then there's like four four five six seven or something in the yeah. FCAC D2 D3 I think there's a big space between them and that's not taking anything away from a Staples or a West Hill or a Norwalk I think they're all very comparable to each other but I think Trumbull is the toast of that group yeah Absolutely. I agree. And I, it wouldn't surprise me to see this team like Staples or uh, Norwalk McMahon, you know, make a run. I mean, no, let's remember Norwalk uh, McMahon was one game away from going to, uh, from going to the semifinals in D3 last year before everything got shut yep. down. So I think they're playing with a big chip on their shoulder. So we're going to move over to uh, the SCC, uh, sorry, the SCC slash SWC, which yep. Get it right. I hate, I hate writing it. Like every time I'm like, I'm writing about BBD and I'm like putting like SWC and then I have to go back SCC slash SWC. When I wrote about Tommy Martin, it was SCC slash SWC. Makes me so angry, but I understand why they do it. And it's a great conference because they have combined. So division one, uh, you, uh, your turn, you go first for this one. Um, you might've heard of them, the Fairfield prep Jesuits. <laughs> Might have, might have heard of them. They yeah, I mean, are. 
I have, if I'm picking first here, I'd be a fool not to take him. And that by no means takes anything away from ND Westhaven. Yeah. I do think it's one of those two. And you'd really have to convince me otherwise uh, that it wouldn't be one of those two. Um, I think there is a, a very clear dividing line between the top two and the rest of the group in SCC, SWC, D1. Yeah, I think it's prep too. I, you know, I spoke to Larry Vieira after the Fairfield prep game. If you read my story, you you saw the quotes, but he was saying there's this thing about Fairfield prep and we need to get to the point where we can believe that we can beat Fairfield prep. And until they do that, which is possible, they do play at the end of the year. Like, and they did go to a shootout in the conference championship last year. Um, so it is possible. So they'll get another crack at them in March and then hopefully meet, depending on how the bracket falls out. Uh, hopefully they'll be the one and two or be on opposite sides of the bracket and get to the finals. Can I ask you a question? Do you think it's better for Notre Dame to lose the final regular season game against them and be 0-2 and play them in the final, potentially, if they if it shakes out that way, or to beat them and know they could beat them and play them in the final? I, I think it would be better to beat them so then they know, like, we can do this. Because okay. if they lose again, it's going to be, we can't beat these guys. And – not saying that that's right. Cause I do think Notre Dame can't beat them. And when you have a goalie like Connor Smith, you can beat anybody. And they got guys up and down that lineup, John D'Erico, Ryan Ahern, who you tweeted it out the other day, like he's scoring every game, um, right. you know, and they just have so much talent. I, I think it's more of a mental thing with them and, and just getting over that hump. And I think if they can, at the end of this month, I, that would be awesome if they met in the finals and split winner take all. Cause I'll be honest with you. I was having the conversation, like the way the FCAC is kind of shaken out. There's a really good chance that the number one team will be Fairfield prep or Notre Dame at the end of the year. It'll be whoever wins the SEC. I thought you were going to default to the old. It's tough to beat a team three times oh. adage. <laughs> I, I just, I just, the way it, the way the FCAC is shaken out and how the crossover games went, the crossover games favored the SEC. And yep. I just think the way it just looks right now, like unless Fairfield Co-op goes undefeated and runs the FCAC, I really think we're looking at prep or Notre Dame as the number one team at the end of the year. And uh, I think it would be well-deserved for either team. I mean, they could even finish one and two, but uh, yeah, I agree with you at prep. Um, but I don't, it wouldn't surprise me if Notre Dame won. All right. So down to uh, division two, this, I think division two SEC might be the second most competitive overall conference this year behind the division one in the FCAC. So with that yep. said, I'm going to go, I know who you're going to go with. So I'm going to go to the other side. I'm going to go with Sheehan. Uh, okay. They've won, I think three or four straight division three SEC SWC titles. They moved up this season for this reason to try and win a different championship without a state championship being on the table. The Romano brothers, Festa, they clearly have two goalies in uh, Lyon, in Justin, and uh, who's the kid who played last night, the freshman? In Michael, Michael Fritz, the freshman. Fritz. Fritz. I was going to call him Fitz. Fritz. Um, they bought two goalies who, who can play and be competitive. I, I, Sheen is playing. Not that these other teams aren't playing for something, but Sheen moved up for this reason. And I think they're going to get a crack out of it. They beat Hand, who was coming off quarantine at the beginning of the year and didn't have many practices under their belt. That said, it just feels like Sheen's got their number. And uh, I'm going to ride the Titans to the D2 SCC SWC championship. Yeah, just, just to give us a little bit of a juxtaposition here, um, I'm going to stick with Hand, who was my preseason pick for that um, 
conference. Uh, I love hands makeup. You know, I, I think Tate Fitzmorris is the best all around player at the, at the D2 level, not taking anything away from Joey and Ann and Luke and all those guys. Um, I think the edge for hand, and we didn't see it necessarily in the first one, is on the back end and in net. And I think um, that'll ultimately shore itself up. I, it, it is becoming more of an apprehensive pick with all this time hands had off. You know, they're in their third shutdown now. And that's not time that they're practicing together or anything like that. You know, they're shut down. And um, so I think those, if they do end up playing like two or three games or whatever it is when they come off, I think those are going to be very, very formative games for them if they're going to be able to make a run. Uh, but I still think they're the best team. Um, and I'm going to take him now and I may regret it, but I'm taking it. <laughs> yeah. I, Dilner is awesome. And he's not really, not that he doesn't get the love cause he, he does. And uh, it just, maybe sometimes he gets kind of forgotten about in the division two North Haven has Andrew Sacco. It's very rare that teams are able to, you know, acquire uh, a state championship winning goalie right. uh, when he moved to North Haven last year. Uh, and they were hot at the end of the year. I, I thought they might've been able to make a run uh, after their uh, first playoff win last year. Um, you know, nor- and Lyman Hall, I mean, we can't count out Lyman Hall. The thing with Lyman Hall, and I, I was joking with Sagnello about this. I'm like, when are you guys going to win a conference game? Like, you know, you don't have the States to fall back on. Like I, I love Richie Minnix, their, uh, their former coach, him and I go way back. Um, they had so much trouble winning in the play- in the conference playoffs. Now this year, this is yep. the only thing they're playing for. So it will be really interesting to see there. Uh, and then we go to Division Three. You got uh, first pick. And I'm going to take BBD. And I, I'm not I, BBD. I like in BBD right now in the SEC D3 to Trumbull in the FCAC D2 D3. I think there is uh, some separation right now. Um, but you know what? BBD only beat Massac three to two. You know, there's still some games that if they don't show up, uh, it's it's going to be taken from them. But I think it's theirs to lose right now. Um, there are some other teams that are able to pick them off, you know, Newtown on the right now uh, behind Paltoff, uh, New Milford just played them tough down to the final whistle. I think Milford's got some talent. So, but uh, BBD is the choice there. Yeah. I, I think I'm going to go with BBD as well. Um, they just, everything just seems to be clicking for them right, right now. And they seem like a really fun group. Their social media account is really fun. There's just like a really lighthearted, fun you know, vibe coming off of this team where they're, they're enjoying the ride. And, uh, but it doesn't seem like they're going to let up and uh, it ain't no start. I mean, they, they clinched a regular season title for the first time ever um, since the two leagues have merged. So it's exciting there. You know, I think new Milford, I, I just, if they won, I think that would be an amazing story playing one home game, having their practices cut by 50% this year, you know, Newtown, uh, new Fairfield, the first year co-op, you know, even Milford, right? The new, the Mariners, right? That, that would be fun. Like, I think any of those teams could potentially win, but I think BBD is the favorite. All right, now we're going to move over to the CCC, which we know so much about. Um, <laughs> and we'll start in the North. Um, for some people who may not know, because I had to look it up, in the CC North, it's East Catholic, Northwest Catholic, South Windsor, Simsbury, Farmington Valley, and Glastonbury. It seems like, those teams have just been beating each other up. <laughs> like it's like Simsbury beats Farmington, Farmington beats Northwest Catholic, Northwest Catholic beats Simsbury, East Catholic beats South Windsor, South Windsor beats Northwest Catholic. I made all of those up. I don't even know if those are accurate, but they just seem like you're just every night they're close games. They're going to overtime or they're going to the final seconds and they're beating each other up. I think this one's kind of wide open. 
So yeah, I do too. Um, I, I'm not going to take my pick yet, but I'm just going to say, I think the, I think right now Glastonbury's in a down year and yeah. you can't knock anything that Kenny Barks has ever done in his career. This just isn't their year. Yeah. Um, but I think top to bottom, this is probably, if you're looking at five out of six teams that could beat each, any one of each other on any given night, yeah. they almost align more like the FC act D one at a, in a different way. Yeah. But just, you never know who's going to win one of these games. Yeah. It's really true. It's pretty crazy to look at. Um, and, you know, you just think it's like, well, who who do you go with in this? Because, like, it is so wide open. Like, it could be South Windsor. It could be Simsbury. Um, I'm Well, you get to pick for it. Uh, yeah, I'm going to pick I'm going to pick East Catholic. I'm going to go with with the other Catholic school, the one that's not in the top 10. And the reason is I just think that it would be a real fitting end for this group. And I mentioned it earlier in the show with, you know, losing every game that one year. I think it was their soft freshman or sophomore years. And uh, I think it would be a really nice ending to be the group that took them from no wins to a conference championship, winning the last game of their high school careers. So I'm going to go with East Catholic that. And they, after a bunch of years of, for some reason being blocked by their athletic account on Twitter, like, I don't know why um, I got unblocked uh, this past year. So shout out, go Eagles. (laughs) That's good. Rico Bosco just unblocked me. So I'm happy about that. Um, <laughs> East Catholic, East Catholic's kind of been my darling. You know, anytime that I talk to Ben about them, they're, my, they're probably my favorite CCC North team because I really like Joey Trenholm and I like their personnel. Um, I did write down my rankings before we went on conference by conference and I didn't have them one. I think there is a big brother effect with Northwest Catholic. Um, I think Connor Melanson's playing at a ridiculous level. He's got nine goals right now. And I think, I'm going to go with the, the top dog here and I'm going to go Northwest Catholic to win the CCC North, not taking anything away from any of those other teams we mentioned. It could be any of them could win. I mean, we, we saw it last year. I believe Farmington Valley won the, yep. uh, this division last year and Simsbury was in the top 10 all year and Northwest Catholic was good. And there, here comes Farmington Valley winning, winning the conference title. So anything can happen. And then we'll move over to CCC North uh, Newington, so, who Luke talked about earlier, uh, South, what I said, <laughs> CCC yeah. South. We have Newington, who Luke talked about earlier, Weathersfield, who we talked about, Hall Southington, uh, Enfield, Connard, SGWA, the new Rocky Hill co op, EO Smith, and I believe the newcomers for this year, we have Northeastern and Tri Town. And there's one other that was a newcomer that I probably just went over. The Tri Tri Town Tri Town and hang on Tri Town and SGWL are new. They're nutmeggers. Got it. Uh, Northeastern was I think believe Northeastern was in there because they were the old BCR. Okay, all right. So the newcomers are Tri Town. I knew it was two. I guessed wrong. Yeah, Tri Town on the second one. Luke, you get to go first for this one, my friend. I think this might be the hardest one. There, there is a, a quite a few teams here that I think could, you know, Weathersfield should be the favorite here. Weathersfield, the the only Division Two team, if this was a normal year. Every other team here is D3. Um, I think over the last couple of years, what Brian Cannon's done at Hall Southington has been incredible, Um, especially going through everything that that guy's gone through. Um, Noah Barron's gold in net his senior year. And you have to remember Hall Southington, I keep saying this, and people are probably tired of hearing this if they listen to me. Who knows who listens to what? They've been doing all this and competing with Newington and all this without arguably the best Division III player in the state in Duncan Hollander, who I saw play an incredible game against Sheehan last year. Um, I'm going to take Hall Southington in kind of a flyer pick here. Uh, I really love, I love Cannon and I think there's, there's some decent forward depth um, guys like Roach and brew who have kind of kept them afloat while both Hollanders have been out. I like Hall Southington. Hall Southington is a good pick just to not pick the same 
I'm going to go with Weathersfield. Um, like you said, they're the division two team playing against a lot of division three teams, but I think it's kind of fun. They, you know, they, the co-op broke up no more WMRP, um, and they're great fan group on Twitter. Um, those crazies, uh, but they're fun. Uh, and I just think it would be really fun. And, you know, Aaron, uh, Aaron Troella, one of the best players in the state. I think it would be a fitting ending for him. Uh, I'm more about the stories, man. I don't know if you can tell. I, I'm, I'm picking the stories. I'm picking what it would be fun to write about, right? And, you know, even looking at Fairfield Prep. Oh, it's, what do you mean, Pete? It's fun to write about Fairfield Prep winning again. Uh, yeah, it would be really cool if Tommy Martin got to win a championship in his only year starting and become the fourth straight All-State goalie for Fairfield Prep. Like, yeah, that's a pretty cool story. If Notre Dame wins, you know, it's kind of a fitting, fitting end for Connor Smith, who – this Notre Dame team when this group was sophomores ran the table to go to the division one finals. And we were like, we're going to see this the next three years. This is going to be awesome. We're in the next two years. This is going to be awesome. And we, we got, we got it taken away last year. We're not going to have it this year. So this is important. And like you and I have talked about, you know, the state tournament and, you know, at nauseam the last couple of days, but I think the conference tournaments are important. And I've been on this show on the record saying, I do not like the conference tournaments. Al Carbone has let me know. In a normal, in a normal year. Yeah. In a normal year. Um, but these are important and these, and there's not a lot of them. That's the beauty of it. Like when the problem that I think high school sports ran into in the fall and for understandable reasons is they had all these conferences split up into like divisions and brackets. There were like four championships for some sports. This at least is like, here are the conference champions. You know, if Darian wins the SEC, they are the best team in the SEC. If Fairfield Prep or Notre Dame wins the SEC, these are the best teams in the SEC. And I think that we, and I said this at the beginning of the year, I think this might be our most accurate poll since I've been voting in in it, which has been, you know, or paying attention to the poll, which has been the last 10 years. And I think it's a mindset right now you know, we had the petition going around. People aren't happy that there's not a state tournament. Um, but we, we, there seems to be a, a pretty clear decision there. And I think now it's time to rally and really take one. And when everything was awful last, last year around this time, I think many people would have killed for a 12 game season with a guaranteed postseason, And that's what you have this year. Yeah. So get, get that mindset right and go and win your conference. Yeah. And I think that's where a lot of these teams need to be. Yeah, I, mean, I was uh, not to bring up BBD again. It's going to turn to the BBD show, but I was talking to um, to Aiden G- uh, Garvey, uh, the senior defenseman, and he was like, "We're this is a gift. We're not taking anything for granted. We're happy to be here." But he used the word "gift," and I thought that was really interesting. Where it's like he appreciating what they have and not looking at what they don't have and making the most of what they have. And I think I think a lot of teams have that mindset. Um, you know, you talk to any, they want to win their conference titles. Is it a shame that Tommy Martin can't go and win a state title? Cause his dad has won three of them as the Fairfield prep goalie. Yeah. That sucks. Is it going to suck that Connor Smith's not going to have a chance to, to win a state title after going there as a sophomore? Yeah. Is it going to suck for Darianne's this group of Darianne players who we expected to win state titles is not going to have a chance to do it. Yeah. That sucks. Um, you know, we don't know some of these sophomores if they're going to stick around. So this might be their last, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it sucks. It sucks for everyone, mm-hmm. you know, even hand like at, uh, at division two, like this is a group that when coach, when Brian Gonzalez 
took took over, he built kind of everything around them. It was like these are my these are my guys. Yep. They're not going to have a chance to win a state title. Sheen, the Romanos, uh, Festa, after going to the finals years ago, they were a lot of them were sophomores last year. They had Devin Napoli. They were the favorite in D three. Not going to get a chance to do it. So you can look around the state and you can pick out a lot of people. Um, so you know we got we got the conference championships. I'm excited. I'm going to try and go to as many of them as I can without you know going to too many places, but. I think it's going to be exciting. I think it's going to be a fun end to the year. And I think when it's all said and done, I think everyone's going to be really happy with the outcomes. It, you know, the outcomes meaning like we finished and we got here and champions were crowned. So. Yeah. And I think now is the very, very um, kind of strenuous, like walking on eggshells point in the year where if a team does go on quarantine, um, that could affect the postseason. Yep. Where two weeks ago they they shut down for 14 days and they get back. So um, now's the time to really hunker down um, yep. and do everything. And, and some things are out of people's control. I mean, um, some cases you're seeing innocent bystander teams that are getting shut down because they played a team that had a case. Um, but right now, you know, it would be a shame to see a team, you know, a week from this the conference tournament get a case. Uh, so you're hoping, hoping and praying that 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 doesn't happen because you want to see it one on the ice, uh, not one because somebody's been uh, shelved. Yeah, it'll be interesting. But Luke, thank you so sure. much. Sure. This is probably the longest episode of the year, but it was well worth it. And I'm so glad say that. we actually got you on. Um, and it's always good to talk hockey, man. I'm sure we'll talk on the phone tomorrow when the poll comes out. I'm sure we will. It's a pleasure, buddy. Thank you. All right. Thanks, man. Appreciate it.